I'm smarter than the devil. I'm smarter than the devil. You are not smarter than me. I'll see you in hell yet, Homer Simpson. Yo, everybody, and welcome to the first October episode of Simpsons is Greater Than. You might have noticed a little change to the theme music there at the beginning. You know, I just wanted to do a little something for Halloween. As always, I'm your host, Warren, also known to some of you as Bart of Darkness. You may know me from my Simpsons collection on Instagram and Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not... You should really go check it out when you're done with this episode. And what is this episode? This episode is my friend, James Saboni. James is the owner of Tiger Records. He's also been in Bane and a ton of other awesome bands. But as always, James is a big fan of The Simpsons and we talk all about that. So let's get into it right now. Episode 9. Let's go. But uh, fuck, I mean, I guess we can uh, we can officially start this thing. I will. Uh, um, damn it, that would have been like a really great, just like natural lead-in <laughs> if I hadn't like you know fucked it up. How are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. It's really awesome to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, man. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you asked. Yeah, me. no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that you're excited. It's gonna be great. Um, so I know James from uh, from bands and a ton of other stuff, but we actually live in the same city. And uh, last year, James opened a record store called Tiger Records. And to kick this interview off, you know, tell me about Tiger. What made you want to start the store and how did that all come together? Well, I've been really into collecting records for honestly 20 years. Anytime I traveled, which was luckily a lot, every city I went to, job number one would be hitting the record store, seeing what their city had to offer as far as records. And I became pretty critical about it. I figured out what I liked and what I didn't like about record stores. And Jacksonville didn't have a record store that was for me, you know? There's the record stores here and they're, and they're fine, but they're just not my style of store. And at some point, started buying collections off friends and stuff, like buying records in bulk. And then eventually I was like, fuck, I could open a store. I could really, I could do a store. And I had this idea of what a great store is. And I just was like, if I execute that vision, I can open a store that I think will work. And, you know, it's like kind of a risky business. It's like, oh, I think a lot of brick and mortar retail is a risky business. And I remember telling a friend that like I was nervous before I signed a lease. And he said something that always stuck with me, which was like, well, the great ones always stay open. You know that. And it was true. <laughs> you know, anytime I went through a city that had a great store, even if it was years later, I would go back and that store would be there. And I, I knew I just had to make the store fucking great and it would be all right. Just like really, really don't cut any corners, make it fucking great. And it would work. And I think that it's, we're not, we're just barely a year in, almost a year in, but it, it's going well. Well, you know, I think, I think a real testament to that also is the fact that, you know, Obviously, this year has sucked for a lot of businesses. It's been really shitty. 
And, you know, the fact that Tiger has not only, you know, weathered that, but done well, despite that, you know, I think that's a testament to uh, Tiger moving forward. So, you know, I'm excited about that. Thanks, man. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it's like a bad, a bad year to start, start a business, but in some <laughs> ways it's a good time to start a business because it's like, if you can make it through this year, you can make it through anything. Absolutely. And, you know, also on, on top of that, you also recently started putting out records including some, you know, records for bands that you know and just stuff that you're into. Was that always sort of the plan or kind of I th- I think it was always sort of a separate plan. I always had a, another dream of doing a record label one day and then just a natural fit when you own a store and you know a lot of people like records that you could put something out. So, I've been in no rush, like there's no quota to meet, nothing I'm trying to do, but if friends have a record that's awesome, I'll put it out. I think I'm about to release my second record for Tiger Records, Zero Zero Two, which is for a band from Atlanta, a hardcore band from Atlanta called Memory Screen. They're an incredible band and incredible guys, and I'm like really excited to do it. Looking forward to that. So you guys heard that Memory Screen? You got to listen to that. It's going to be sick. Well, so another reason uh, that I wanted to have you on was, you know, not only to talk about The Simpsons. We talk about The Simpsons a lot, but you were also in a band called Bane that has a documentary coming out soon. And I just, you know, I want you to tell me about that. And, you know, again, how did that happen? And when can people see it? Cool. Yeah. The we're just two weeks away. It's um, October wow. 13th, Tuesday, October 13th is the release of the documentary. That's like a humbling thing. That's really cool is that, yeah, I played in this band Bane and we had a friend that is like a camera operator for a lot of big like Hollywood shows and movies and stuff, but never like made a movie himself, never directed a movie, but he was a big fan and a friend. And he asked if he could follow the last few tours with the camera crew. And um, if he gets some good footage, maybe make a movie out of it. And we said, sure. Why, why not? They followed us around in their own vehicle and they had a few cameras and maybe every couple of weeks, maybe every couple of shows, actually, they would ask us to do an interview, about how we felt about the band breaking up as it got closer and closer to the end and of course they filmed the whole show and I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> and then <laughs> a couple of years go by literally years and they start saying they're wrapping it up. Like they'd edited it. They'd made a movie out of the footage they got. And about six months ago, they sent a rough cut to everyone in the band and asked what we thought and if there's anything we liked or didn't like. And yeah, I watched it and I really loved it. Honestly, I was prepared to not love it because no one knew if our friend Danny could make a movie and he (laughs) turns out he can. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. There was, there were a few things that I didn't love and I asked him if we could change them and he was super easy and cool. So now there's like a pre-order for a physical copy. They made physical copies of it, but also it'll be on, you know, iTunes and Amazon and Apple TV. I'm super excited. I haven't even watched the final cut yet. I'm going to wait to watch it with, you know, you and some of my other friends right day it comes out but awesome yeah i'm excited yeah you know and i i'm not sure what the you know the simpsons bane ratio crossover is but i'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that are you know quite familiar with the band that are probably already stoked for it so you know like james just said i'll be there i'm ready to i'm ready to party and watch that doc it's gonna be awesome hell yeah so speaking speaking of that documentary it, you know watching it now especially the way things are how, how much does uh watching that make you miss playing shows does it Dude, yeah, a lot. That that playing shows isn't something that I generally would say that I miss. But um, when watching that doc and you know the band group chat started firing up a lot, 
it just really made me miss just the guys and just, you know, traveling and shows too, of course. But like, I just saw all of them last weekend because there's a magazine from England that's doing an article on the documentary. And they asked if we had a recent photo of the band. And of course we didn't. We've, <laughs> we hadn't seen each other in over two years. Right. So they're all still in the Boston area, but I flew up last weekend just to get a photo. But it was, yeah, it's so good seeing everyone. And I don't know. I hope that when COVID's over, we can actually do some legitimate premieres of the film and do a little Q&A and a panel and just get everyone together and kind of just enjoy it as a unit instead of all one by one texting each other about the movie afterwards. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I definitely I definitely hope that happens, too, because, you know, when you when something like that comes out, you definitely want to be able to make a real moment of it, not just like, oh, yeah, we downloaded it on Amazon, which will also be great, you know, but. Yeah, it's different. Totally agree. So, all right, you know, we'll we'll get into the Simpsons, which is why everyone is mostly listening to this podcast. Even yeah. though I know they love Bane, I know they're excited about the memory screen record. I know they're excited about everything we talked yeah, about. They are. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you you and I actually talked about the Simpsons pretty early into becoming friends, and I remember you telling me that you like to watch it on long flights and and things like that. So I'm curious, do you think the Simpsons is the best thing to watch on an airplane? Absolutely. <laughs> dude the simpsons is the best thing to watch on an airplane there's been many flights to australia or japan or europe where that's what i'm watching because it's just nice that they're short and you can kill 10 episodes in a row and just flies by but you're not committing to a two-hour movie it's like it's stimulating and it's funny it just keeps you in the mood light yeah i will forever watch a lot of Simpsons on any, on any long flight. Well, I think also, you know, I I think the Simpsons is honestly, it might just be the best thing to put on if you don't know what to watch. So, you know, whether, whether it's a flight or, you know, if I just need something on the television, if I'm sort of distracted or, you know, maybe, maybe I want to pay attention. Maybe I want to just zone out. I don't think there's anything else that I'm really grabbing. Like I'm not going to put on the Sopranos if I want to just like mess around on my phone, you know, I'm not putting on, I'm not putting on the wire. Um, But the Simpsons, I feel like is sort of just appropriate for whatever mood you're in. If you, you know, if you're upset, you might throw on the Simpsons. If you're in a good mood, you want to zone out on your phone, you throw on the Simpsons, you know? Yeah. And more than any other show in the history of television, there's a huge amount of quality content. It it seemingly like it never ends. There's just all these seasons that have good or great episodes in them. And there's nothing else that you can put on. I mean, you can watch Simpsons year fucking round, you know, for a year straight. And, th- and then next year start at season one again, you know, and be the only thing you watch. And there's been, there's been shows that have lasted a long time, but never with the, with the quality. Right. And, and, you know, this, this will be, if I'm not mistaken, this will be the first October release of Simpsons is greater than. So I might even put a little, you know, Halloween something in the intro. Uh, but you know, on that thought too, it's the only show that has enough Halloween specials to make up more than a full season of a show. So you literally, you know, at this point you have 32, well, almost 32, 31, um, Halloween specials to watch, which is just insane. I mean, imagine that (laughs) every night, every night of of the month, watch, watch one episode. Yeah, it's it's perfect. Well, so this is, you know, this is something that I love to ask people because I, I it's something I think about a lot. What do you think it is that makes the Simpsons really stick with people, not only in their childhood, but all the way into adulthood? That's I think that's a hard question to answer. Uh, my first thought is that 
it's hilarious. So humor, any age, you can enjoy that humor. But as you get older, you also realize how smart it is. I think when you're a kid watching it, you think it's funny because it is. But half of it just goes over your head, I'm sure. And then when you're an adult, you rewatch it. And it's just like so fucking smart. The writing is just so fucking smart without compromising the humor at all. So I think that's why you can just watch it forever. Because I, I watched The Simpsons. I mean, I watched Simpsons last night. And it, there is a part of it that's nostalgic. And that's why it's fun. But that's not the main reason why I watch the show. I watch the show because it's a good fucking show. So it's not just the nostalgia. I don't know. It's just like a show you can watch forever. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, this is an episode that's not out yet, but I just interviewed Jay Kogan, uh, one of the first writers hired on the show. And one thing that he told me that I thought was so funny is he was like, you know, in the beginning, we thought we were making this show with just, you know, jokes on top of jokes and just so many jokes, like jokes that you would have to watch the show, you know, multiple times to find all the jokes in the background and all this stuff. He's like, and then Fox tells us that, the main reason people love the show is because of the, you know, the pretty colors and because Homer's <laughs> stupid. And, and so I think it's really funny when you realize that like early on, a lot of people didn't really get a lot of, you know, just how, how great the jokes really were. Like there's just jokes happening while there's jokes in the background and jokes being said and, and just so many things that it's easy to miss. And then you become an adult and you're like, wow, this is like a fucking treasure chest of just amazing jokes. It's really, it's really crazy. Dude, that's the perfect way to put it. I think it is a treasure chest like that. It's wild. Well, uh, you know, can you remember the first time you saw the show? And if not, what are some, you know, what are some of your early memories? <sighs> I See, think this, this is, this is a tough one because yeah. I, I have a very distinct memory that I think is my first memory of the Simpsons. But when really? I, yeah, but when I talk about it, I don't know if that's just if my brain has convinced me that that's my first memory, but it's the episode where Bart is at home just destroying the house and he puts in grandpa's dentures and he's <laughs> yeah. hanging on, and he's hanging on the ceiling fan. I that scene is just burned into my mind as if I saw it when I was like, you know, I think I would have been like two or three years old uh, watching it with my brother. Yeah. But I just don't know if that truly is my first memory or if I've just if, if, it, if I think it is now, you know, 30 three years later. Right. I mean, that's a great <laughs> fucking scene. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, I think like a lot of kids our age, I wasn't allowed to watch it at first. So I did watch it, of course, but just when parents <laughs> went around or like, you know, with the remote in the hand ready to switch it to something more wholesome or whatever. Right. And that went on for a while. And my first, and it's kind of the same as you're saying, I don't know if it's my actual first or just what stuck with me. Maybe because it's so cool when you're a kid, or it's still cool. But it's when I what I remember the earliest is one of those early Treehouse of Horrors. Like I remember just you know kind of being, I don't know, excited. It was like a special episode, and they're just so fucking cool, especially when you're a kid. That's my earliest memory of it. But I also remember at a certain point, my mom actually sitting down and watching it. I think I just stop being afraid when she walked in the room to change it and she would just like be in walking around the house and like overhear it and then she was like oh this isn't bad you know this isn't like a terrible show but i remember we watched a couple episodes together and i remember getting lucky i think one of the episodes we watched together was when bart and homer build like the racer the car the like the boss car derby sort of thing yeah right. and they like that's got a good moral you know good family value kind of on it i remember 
feeling lucky like oh shit the first one she really watched like actually has this like warm ending (laughs) and then my mom becomes like a huge simpsons fan like after that like just as much as i am and later on she would even tell me that when she first saw a simpsons trailer they're singing a christmas song and bart makes a joke and yeah and her thinking like oh you know, James can't watch that. That's a bad kid show. And then she watches it. She loves it. And then it becomes like a household favorite. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really awesome. Well, you know, I think one of the reasons I started this podcast is to talk about how The Simpsons is special and how it seems to, you know, inspire creative people across the board. Like, I feel like if you if you meet someone that you think is really funny or someone that you think is really talented, it's not a given that they like The Simpsons, but it is more times than not the case that they love The Simpsons. And I think a lot of the time that's because the Simpsons really touched on serious topics without being alienating. And I think that really just molded, you know, some really creative and interesting people. And I think that's like a really something I, as I analyze through these conversations and as I do this podcast, it's something I really start to notice even more. I think that's pretty wild. Yeah. I think you totally nailed it. It is like these sort of views that are, there's views in that show that maybe were foreign to a kid the first time you maybe the first time you heard some of this stuff but it was done in this like light and funny literally a funny way that it's a good introduction to a lot of serious topics i think yeah it is well so speaking of that you know you you and i come from similar backgrounds as far as you know coming up in music scenes and things like that um what role do you think a show like the simpsons played in sort of forming your brain creatively uh, or your sense of humor or just interests or anything like that. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. I, I think it formed my brain morally, like socially in a lot of ways, you know? The first time I hear of vegetarianism is because of Lisa. The first time I really hear of like not taking organized religion seriously or like atheism even, it's like bringing up questioning those things was definitely The Simpsons. I'm from like a very Christian household and they, you know, it's, they attack that in a way or they make you question it in a way that I think was really beneficial for my life with that, that those things needed to be questioned in my life. You kind of learn that some or all cops are idiots, you know, you like, there's like things like that, like, or that maybe your principal isn't that smart or that maybe the people that own these corporations are very corrupt and they don't care right. about you and they don't care about their employees. Like these sort right. of like social issues I never heard of. And this was the introduction to all of those things. And it really did stick with me. Like it really made me and I think a lot of people, which is probably the point, like question authority or question the way things are done or like just question the values you're brought up with. I think, I do think that leads to something creative also. I think that for me, that leads lays the foundation to finding punk music and hardcore music, which also, you know, harps on those same themes or asks those same sort of questions. And ultimately I find that that scene and become creative in it, start playing guitar, start playing bass, start writing songs, lyrics, and music that still are in that same realm of like the same moral realm and social realm. So I do think that there's a literal connection between the show and like, in being creative for me, at least, you know, I, I couldn't agree more because to me, and you know, we touch on this a little, but 
when you look at things through an adult lens, especially those sort of things, and you think about the time that they were talking about them and the time that they were bringing attention to them, I feel like that's just not a thing you could get from any other show. And when I watch some of it now, I'm actually sort of blown away that these things were allowed on or that these things were talked about because you didn't have shows dealing with, you know, animal rights. You didn't have shows really. I mean, you had shows, you know, making fun of the president, but you didn't really have them like attacking it in such a way that that really made you feel comfortable questioning these sort of things. And, you know, they there's times where the family seems religious, but I like that they make it open enough that you can sort of make your own decision. And they never made it seem like there was a right or a wrong answer, which I think, you know, a lot of shows it's like, oh, the family goes to church. The family believes this. The family says, you know, the a prayer at the table. And I think the Simpsons sort of gave you an, a way out of that. They, they allowed you to see that not every family has this like perfect situation. And I find that, you know, I've heard this said by other people on the show. I found that very affirming in my life to just have that, have that vision of some, you know, family that wasn't what I thought a family had to be. I think that's really special. Right. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And I think you're, that's a great point. I, they're not shoving it down your throats. They don't have like an agenda to be like, right. But they are, yeah, they open up these doors where you can kind of think it's not, it's not preachy at all. It's, you know, it's setting up these things to make you just sort of question it. And I, and I, and you're right. Sometimes I'm also shocked by the time and the things they were saying and when they were saying (laughs) it, I think a lot of it's because they're cartoons, right? They can get away with a little bit more. It just, it just has this guise of being funny and it, or it is funny, but I think they have a little more leeway for this like very fake character to do or say things that are like pretty real. Yeah. And, you know, and to give, you know, another little uh, preview of my conversation with Jay Kogan, I think you guys are going to love that episode. Uh, He also, I, I talked to him about how once he was quoted as saying, you know, we were making a show or we were making a cartoon that wasn't a cartoon. Mm. And, you know, I think that now is more apparent than ever that like, it wasn't a cartoon. It wasn't Bugs Bunny. It wasn't the Flintstones. It was it was so much more than that. It's all these different sensibilities um, creating this really amazing thing that clearly was different, which is why it's still here uh, 33 years later. Yeah, insane. It's insane. Um, and, you know, looking back, it's, it's wild uh, that an animated show went to such real places with its writing. And I think that really did create its own style of television. You know, you look at King of the Hill, you look at the things that came after it and, you know, a lot of really great shows, but I don't think primetime animation would exist now without the Simpsons. And I think anyone that denies that is, you know, maybe you're just an idiot. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. There's no, I think there's no way that it does. So Uh, Every week I say that I'm working on this segment called the big three and that I'm still finalizing the questions. So maybe these are just the questions. Uh, I guess I just need to decide some way to, um, you know, bring this in with some funny like sound clip or make some little thing, you know, the bells and whistles. If you guys have any ideas, you know, hit me with a DM. Um, But the first question is, who is your favorite character on The Simpsons and why do you think that is? I think my favorite character is is Snake, probably. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only person that's ever going to say Snake, I think. So yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and there's not any great reason other than that he's a fucking cool badass. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> making me laugh, and I think he's awesome. Um, you know, some of these like 
I don't know if minor is the right word, but these minor characters make the show. The periphery of the show to me is like how big that universe is and how someone like that, who you, you barely know Snake, you barely see Snake, but you know the fuck he is, you know what he's about, you like understand him. And there's just at least hundreds of these sort of characters in the show that really make you feel like you're in this fucking another planet. Like you're like you're in the community or something. Yeah. I just sort of like in a lot of movies and shows like this sort of silly fucking badass. Cause I think if it wasn't him, it'd probably be like fat Tony or, you know, one of those mobster dudes, Louie or legs or whatever. Like, yeah, fat, fat Tony is great. I think fat Tony's actual, uh, I think he's actually a pretty underrated character. And I love that Joe Montana like loves that character so much that he's quoted as saying, you know, uh, if, if fat Tony sneezes, I want you to call me in to do the sneeze. Like I love how connected, <laughs> He is to that character. I think that's really great too. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> so Snake is James' answer. I think that's really awesome. No, it's it's a great answer. I actually love that you are like you know I love Bart because I like to skateboard. That you, I just expect that at this point. So I like I like Snake. Right. <laughs> well, uh, the second question is, what is your favorite season? If you if you've narrowed it down, at least. I think it's five. I think season five's my favorite season. Um, Gosh, that's a great one. Yeah. It's like sort of if I'm just like going to put on the show, I'm going to put on five. That's like well, we're all kind of sm- a good starting point or whatever. If I'm just going to randomly pick some. I don't want to call it the golden era because the golden era lasts a very long time in The Simpsons, I think. It starts with the barbershop quartet. Fucking Homer goes to college. Rosebud. Marge on the line. Oh, we're, oh, oh, we're going to talk about Rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> I love Rosebud. Dude. The be- probably the best episode. Um, That's great. I don't know, dude. Fucking Malibu Stacy and oh, dude, Boy Scouts in the Hood. <laughs> yeah, you know, five five is five is a great season, and I actually think five is really interesting um, because you know this is something I've talked about on other episodes as well. But five was like when a lot of things started changing. You know, you had a new showrunner, a lot of new people coming in, and a lot of new writers. And I think the fact that five is so great, despite so much going on beyond behind the scenes, is like truly amazing. And it is one of the best seasons. In fact, the so far the answer to this question most often is either five or six. Wow. I'm personally I'm personally team six, but I think five and six. You know, very great seasons, back-to-back seasons, untouchable seasons. Yeah. And I think that it, th- those have been the most popular answers so far, which is wow. very interesting. That is interesting. See, I don't even know about the background, really, of the season. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible, then. Why is it so good? Yeah, like, a lot of writers, you know, even some of the, like, original writers left after season four. Hmm. And, you know, some people stuck around for five, but there was, a you know, a real changing of the guard there. And uh, the fact that it's not only good, but great is, is honestly really, it, it makes it even cooler when you look into to, to all of that. So yeah, that's cool. That's true. And I've, I've like made this joke or argument before with other shows, not the Simpsons that like a good show only like generally only have four seasons. I love And Sometimes it's not the first four. Sometimes it's like in the middle or somewhere, but right to me in a lot of shows that I watch, if it makes it a season five, season five is like a real test to like, uh, if it's going to fall off, it's going to fall off now. But right. So it's almost, it's like extra fucking cool. That season five of the Simpsons is like one of the best. Yeah. Well, and, and also, you know, uh, 
people say, you know, in those days, if a show went five, six, seven seasons, that's like a crazy run. So the fact that like the Simpsons was just getting started. is so funny to me. I remember, I don't know if it's something to do with my age or, or what, but I remember if you asked me that same question a few, well, more than a few years ago, but 10 years ago, I was so into like that, that seven, eight, nine, ten era. That was like, I think maybe that's when I first was really understanding the show. Right. Just the age I was when that was airing. But the more I go back and rewatch, the more I just think five is so fucking stacked, dude. It is. Like, it is. Bangers. It is. And you know, but you mentioned seven through uh seven through nine. I will say I'm waiting for more people to give me the answer seven and eight because you know, I say this a lot, but Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, uh show ran seven and eight. And I really do think those are two of the best seasons. I don't know. I, I never think to list them as a favorite, but man, seven, if you look at the list of seven, yeah. it is honestly, it's up there. Like seven is such a strong season. I think if seven wasn't such a weird number, okay. more people would, would say it's their favorite. I, sometimes I think the number does have something to do with it. As dumb as that sounds. It might. Dude, it might. Because who who says, oh, my favorite season of a show is seven. Right. <laughs> is seven and eight is that who shot mr burns is it is that? well six and, seven. six and seven so the end of six beginning of seven yeah yeah that's the fucking coolest shit in the world yeah seven starts with the conclusion of who shot mr burns which is just you know as it's been said before maybe the best episode if you put them together right i mean i remember that shit so fucking vividly as a kid watching watching that and then you know waiting a summer or whatever it is like and yeah, I remember, I remember the trailers, like really suspenseful and funny, like, yeah, cool did, episodes. Did your, did your child brain have a guess as to who it was? Do you remember? I can't remember who I thought it was. Yeah, I had a, <laughs> yeah, I'm having a guess and I was, I was wrong. Like everyone was wrong, but I don't remember, I don't remember who I thought though. A lot of people thought it was Smithers, um, which, which yeah. made, made sense, you know, right, it makes sense. Um, I don't know if anyone, I, I did have someone recently tell me in a comment that their aunt guessed that it was the baby <laughs> before the conclusion. And I, I find that so hard to believe, but I have no reason to think this person is lying. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, you know, I'm sure I either thought it was, you know, Smithers or I seem to remember that I thought it was grandpa. I seem mm-hmm. to think that I remember because I mean, he definitely, you know, makes sense also right. when you're watching the episode. Um, so I feel like that's, I feel like that's what I thought. Um, so you talked about some of the ways that the show made an impact on you, but more specifically, uh, what are some of your favorite episodes? You listed a few from five, but do you have some, you know, just from beyond that, that you can think of? I do think Rosebud's my favorite episode. I think, yeah, we talked about that before just as, as friends. I fuck heavy with the Ramones. That helps. I mean, there's like a handful of episodes that really stick out some of them are really popular and i and i think i don't want to seem like super super obvious but uh <laughs> marge in the monorail you know mr plow oh dude we kind of talked about this earlier but lisa the vegetarian is an episode that i'll never forget you know i i found that this question is more and it, it gets harder and harder for people because um there's just too many to name and like you know, I've been asked this question on other podcasts and whenever I make a list, I feel like I'm editing myself. Like I'm cutting off episodes, just trying to make, uh, you know, not, not to leave any out, but also I can't make it too long and I can't have too many from this season. So I don't know, but I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to keep challenging people with with that question. Yeah. And some just, 
culture takes them and they go on a path of their own. You know, they have like, they get so famous and they're easy to remember on the spot because you're, they have a cultural impact or, you know, things there's like one, like one thing that'll stand out. Like what, if there was a cool guest appearance or a cool band on it or something that makes it stand out. Right. But I do think it's interesting because sometimes you watch a more obscure episode and it's be laughing your fucking ass off and you'll kind of forget that it, that whole episode existed. But yeah, it, I think it's interesting that some of them just kind of like get swept up in pop culture and those become the most famous ones. And sometimes it, you don't really understand, understand why. I kind of wonder why compared to other really great episodes. It's just funny that what catches on and what, and what doesn't. But Yeah, I think, I think a lot of that really does have to do with the fact that, you know, if you loved it as a kid, it might just always be one of your favorites. Mm. Um, and I think it's really funny doing these, uh, doing these interviews and finding out that a lot of times the episode that someone is most known for is like far from their favorite episode. I, that's something I've noticed. And, you know, a lot of times the ones that they are most remembered for, they'll say like, yeah, you know, my name is on the script, but it couldn't have been this funny without all these other people writing, mm -hmm. you know, with it as well. So, you know, I, I find it interesting what episodes resonate with the writers, but also with people yeah. and how, you know, just how broad that really is. I mean, yeah, for me, it's Rosebud. You know, we'll go ahead and talk about Rosebud. What I think is so interesting about Rosebud is... First of all, the Ramones, which is a band that we both really like, which is crazy, really, to see a band like that on The Simpsons. And not only that, but to find out that they were huge fans of the show. Like they called it like an all time moment in their career that yeah. they got to be on The Simpsons. So, I mean, yeah, talk on that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Ramones were huge fucking fans or the ones that are alive are huge fucking fans. Yeah, I know that was a big deal. They, they talked a lot about it in interviews and you can hear you can hear and read them talking about what an honor it was and that's just cool i don't know it's just so it almost feels random i mean joey and johnny especially were like really into movies and stuff but they're just like so there's a fucking punk band you know it just seems like this really pop culture phenomenon and this like you know even at the time underground punk band they were just like huge fans and i guess that goes back to what we're talking about about it forming these like subversive views it like is this huge cultural thing that's like one of the most famous and iconic things in modern society right but it also like has this underdog sort of outsider quality that even the coolest punk band in the world loves it it's like something that your lame fucking aunt loves but like the pioneers of punk the godfathers of punk love and that's just something so interesting about the show that no it is it's really hard to completely understand to me. It's like it is. And you also, you know, um, you find out that like some of the people working on the show, like some of the animators were Ramones fans and things like that. But that's just not something as a kid that you would ever and and I, you know, I'm I'm sure most people, even myself included, when they first saw that episode as a kid, they didn't know who the Ramones were. But when you look back at it now, it's like, oh my God, like this is a you know, and you're used to seeing celebrities on The Simpsons. Right. But the fact that they went to the point of getting the Ramones for this for this joke, just so Burns could call them the Rolling Stones. <laughs> it's amazing. Have the Rolling Stones killed. <laughs> Dude, it's so amazing. Man, that's something that I think, I don't know, that I'd like to think more about or talk more about is that it is able to be such a huge famous thing, but also really feel like it's for the outsiders too. I, I, I don't know. It does feel like if you love 
show a lot that you are kind of this in in a way subversive, but that's also not, it's, it's not true. There's like any regular to civilian can love the show too. I don't know how it speaks to both sides of that fence. So, so well. No. And, and, and honestly, you know, that's, it's interesting to hear you say that because a large reason for the podcast among others is that's what I'm sort of trying to figure out is why (laughs) it speaks to so many different types of people. And, you know, I don't think it's that it's, I don't think it's just the humor. I really think it's that the Simpsons visually, the colors, everything that the Simpsons did, it was impossible not to notice. So Mm -hmm. even if someone's not a huge fan, it's, it's part of your life because it's been there for the last X amount of time for everyone. So you know, anyone born since 87, it's at least been a constant in some form or another in their life. And I think that that is just truly, um, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really hard to look at that when it's gone Mm. because you're just not gonna, you know, myself, I'm used to it being there. So it's going to be weird whenever it eventually isn't there. Right. And and another kind of like a similar point, and you would know more about this than me is that how, vast and wide its reaches around the globe right like i've been on tour in a million countries turn on the tv and the fucking simpsons are on sometimes in different language sometimes in english in a foreign right. language, which is strange and then of course the merchandise you see everywhere the bootleg stuff you see every on every fucking continent you see this stuff that it had an imp- it has an impact on so many cultures that it would, it would almost seem like it's such an american show but people around the whole entire world love it yeah, and that's something that this is something I would really like to hear from from some people and I'm looking to have more people on that from other places to talk on that, but mm-hmm. I want to know, you know, what version of the actors are truly that person's version because you know in some countries they do have voice actors that do it in that language mm-hmm. and there are some countries where that person has died like they did the voice of Homer wow. and things like that. So, I'm really curious if other places like they watch it in that language and that's what they know or if or if they do still sort of like oh well the original version from America that is still what i consider the simpsons so i think that's an interesting thing also because it, it really is i mean it's everywhere and you find certain countries where it's you know as big if not bigger than america you know australia it's huge um mexico it's huge argentina um so i i'm really curious about that also that's an interesting an interesting question. That's cool. Well, you know, you, you talked about merchandise a little bit. And, and one of the things I like to talk about uh, towards the end of, of these interviews is the merchandise. Like, did you have, uh, did you have much Simpson stuff as a kid? Yeah, I got a lot of random toys. I wish I had any of it still. I haven't, I have like nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, I remember wanting shirts and I got some shirts. I remember like, you know, that's a cool thing to wear to school is the shirts. Of course. Um, had some shirts, had a lot of random toys. I can remember how I remember in my room having a little, a little bar on a skateboard, a little figurine, a bar on a skateboard. I still might actually have, I remember posters, I remember posters up in the room, you know, like you, I, you know, I still love the merchandise. I still love seeing stuff. All, if I see a cool vintage Jimson shirt, I'm going to buy it. If it's, <laughs> you know, like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I still love the, I guess say the shirt, I guess a lot of people, but the shirt's the most, what stuck with me, but you know, I, I remember going over to um 
your place once and just going through some old stuff and finding like, you know, some old episode guides and like a couple oh, yeah. old keychains and things like that. Yep. And I really like that. The Simpsons is one of those shows too, that even kids, they wanted to sort of read about the episodes and they wanted oh. to like, sort of like, you know, look at this background information. And, you know, I wish I had cared even more about that as a kid, but mm. I love that that was a resource that had enough demand that kids wanted it even, even then. Yeah, this is a little bit later. I'm not a kid anymore, but I got and read and loved that, like one of the that Simpsons and philosophy book. Uh, you know, right? It was so fucking cool. But yeah, it's interesting to want to read that because <laughs> it's you it know, really it's, like, is. Dude, it's a show, and you like want to see it from through those lenses of like how you can theorize it with philosophy. Oh, I do have. I should just give these to you, dude. You're my boy. I, I do have um, <laughs> some cool Simpsons stamps. Like, you know, rubber ink stamps. Yeah, well, you heard it here on the podcast first. James is going to give me some cool stamps. There you go. <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, obviously I talk about the merchandise a ton. That's the whole reason that I even have this podcast is because of my collection and the, the Instagram that came from that. And um, I, I think it's interesting just how infectious the merchandise is. And that's something that I've said before, but... It's one of those things that even as an adult, I would have never guessed that, you know what, when I get, when I turn, you know, when I get to my late twenties, I'm going to start collecting all this Simpson stuff that I either had or wanted or, you know, whatever. Um, but like anything, records, shirts, anything like that, it's something, there's something so distinct about it that makes it so easy to just continue to buy and continue to, you know, look for and seek. And Especially, you know, you talked about other languages and things like that. Finding the international pieces, the games that are in other languages, the stuff from Germany, mm. the stuff from France, that becomes even harder to stop because it's like, wow, I didn't have that because they didn't even make that in my country. Right. So, you know, that is something that, you know, ties into that as well. That I think it's just so crazy that it was not only a huge success in terms of being watched in all these countries, but a huge success in terms of merchandise just everywhere for every possible thing. Um, and it's something that I still, you know, find stuff all the time that I've never seen. And it's, it's really, it's really amazing. Yeah. Dude. I remember, I remember when we were first becoming friends and this was really starting to snowball the collect your collection was really <laughs> starting to spiral, right? Be hanging out at my house and you'd be like on your phone on eBay, like the, <laughs> the final seconds of a, of an auction bit war. For some cool uh, thing, but and it's been—I mean, it's been fun to watch. I—I I remember when you were like, "Yeah, I'm going to give it a whole room <laughs> in my house," <laughs> and thinking that seemed not doable. Like that's a lot of stuff to fill a fucking room, and here we are. I think it's been fun as a fan of the show and your friend to watch it kind of like unfold. But I also think it's just a cool thing to collect. Collecting shit's cool. I collect records, obviously, and. um Collecting stuff's fun. And that is like a never ending thing. Like you're saying, you can discover things you didn't know existed or variants on things that you already had in records the same way. And, it, and that's the exciting thing is that you can kind you can kind of feel like you get to the end of something like you could get, for you, it could be the end of a line of figures where you wanted everyone in the line and then you got it. But that's just this little tiny piece of the pie and just fun. And I like records. I'd imagine that it's, it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, you can, if you don't want to spend a bunch of money or your times are tough or you're trying to spend money other places, you could stick to buying one to $20 Simpsons things like I do with records. And then other times you have your 
sites set a little higher and you can like get big dollar things and that's a big fun event i don't know it's out it, it is it's a really fun thing to collect yeah, it is. Well, you know, anyone who thinks I'm a weirdo, which I'm sure there's at least a couple people that hate listening to this and think I'm some sort of dork. Uh, you heard James, who's a really cool guy, give me full permission to just keep going. So I don't want to hear any bullshit from anyone. Totally. <laughs> well, you know, James, obviously, you know, we're friends. And uh, so I don't have to give the whole spiel about how, oh, I, you know, I could talk to you all night because I literally could and I probably will. Um <laughs> But, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to drag you. I don't want to drag this on or keep you all night. So, you know, give me some shout outs, some plugs, anything, anything that you have going on with the store, with the Bane doc, anything that you forgot to mention. Let's hear it. Definitely shout out Tiger Rex. It's on Instagram at Tiger Rex. And that's a store and, you know, like a dream of mine for sure. And the, my first dream of mine was hardcore music and that's Bane. Check out the Bane documentary in two weeks or maybe in podcast time, about a week. Sounds about right. The name of the flick is holding these moments. There's an Instagram and a YouTube page for that. Really excited. Yeah, please watch that. Check out the record store if you're into records and the doc if you're into hardcore. But that's really it. That's what's up. Well, I will say, uh, because James is too modest, but look into James Saboni. He's been in a lot of great bands. He's done a lot of cool stuff outside of records and Bane. And uh, I think if you look into him and check out his Instagram at James Saboni, uh, you'll find a really cool guy that's done a lot of really cool shit. And James, I appreciate you coming on and talking about the Simpsons with me and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. Yeah, of course, dude. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. W- one more shout out for Atlanta Hardcore and in Memory Screen. Absolutely. They're awesome. Also on Instagram and YouTube. The record's coming out hopefully uh, in the next two months and it's going to be sick. Yeah. As someone who's already heard those songs, it is sick. So Memory Screen guys, I love you. And uh Everyone go listen to that. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out the official Instagram at Simpsons is greater than, or follow me on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for checking this out. I'll see you next week.